are live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Uh, Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus Channel 1029. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Rick Delgado's here. Got a, are we doing what even is that tonight or no? No, I messed it up. Okay. Tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. All right, what even every other night. What even is that tomorrow night? <laughs> Shut up, Paul. Um, Geo Fran holding it down. Paul Nolan's back. Going to do some news. So I'm just taken by what you were just listening to. This has not planned to start like this, but I couldn't help but listen to what you were listening to pre-show. And that is Michelle Tafoya. Yeah. Who we know from Sunday night NFL. She's great. She decided to leave um, and pursue other things. And I think part of that was she was getting fed up with some of the nonsense going around in uh, these liberal networks. So she went on ESPN, which is her first mistake, on the Dan Lebitard show to talk about. Well, I guess it divulged into politics somehow. Immediately, it was a full blown ambush, in my opinion. And I think that's the word she used. She said she had. Uh, she said she absolutely was ambushed in a recent podcast, and just watching it, uh, they came right in at it and trying to defend CRT that it's not being taught. Yeah, that it's and <laughs> the uh, she you know the guy who was doing it wasn't um, not Dan Levitard. Levitard, um, it was his his uh, I guess his I don't know his wingman sidekick or something, uh, yeah. whatever you want to call it, and uh, you know he was uh, kind of. Playing the word game with her, he had her on the ropes because you know, they were in control, and it was three against one, so to speak. And she, like, she just was asking the questions about the questions that were asking for clarity. White fragility. The, she was talking about the yeah, book, right? Right. And this guy said, "White fragility is not being taught everywhere." I didn't have it in school when I was in school. Well, you're 37 <laughs> years old or 44 <laughs> years old, however old this guy is. Of course, it wasn't there then. But to act like it's not there now, or the tenets of it, that he brought up the math books. We well, we we played some yeah. of the questions. How we, we talked about they, some of those questions. Yeah, yeah, we had copies of them. Yeah. So so for this guy to sit there and say, well, it's you know they're picking on math math books and it's not being taught. He's lying. He's he's flat out lying. Or he's, he's a just, liar. Oh yeah, purposefully or uneducated and lying nah, on top well, of it. This felt to me like he was clever. And he knew what he was doing. Yeah, this didn't and, feel like a. This felt like a sharp guy trying to get someone canceled. That's and, what this and, felt like to me. And a simple internet search, you can find those. So what, this guy sitting there saying he's all prepared for a show. He's got M- Sh- Michelle Tafoya showing up. This is a big show for them. You know, she's she's a good get, right? She, there's some controversy there. She got a long history of uh, you know sports television. So it's not like they're going to be like, all right, we're just throwing her a bone, letting her come in to plug something. There's two different types of guests, but like you said, it, they were they came they came there. Yeah, they prepared. took it right where they wanted to take right. it, right? Knowing she was coming, right. right? And then they brought up, which I didn't get to, but reading the story, uh, Tafoya did mention uh, on the podcast um, that uh, things appeared contentious between her and the host while discussing critical race theory and Florida's Parental Rights and Education Act, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. Uh, she said, the second I got on, bam, I was ambushed. You're anti-CRT. You're a racist. You can't read the Florida law without being homophobic, she said on uh, uh, Gutfeld, uh, who's on another network that stinks. Um, though she was on there and spoke her mind about really what happened here. And uh, this, to me, is pretty... I mean, I I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. I felt my blood racing a little bit watching this. Like, this, this was uh, unfair. And again, 
if we would have got to the don't say gay bill, I got into it over the weekend with some woke um, wannabe pseudo intellectual 24 year old you know, kid with good grades just out of college. And he's an intellectual bully amongst his peers. And every time he said something, I just pinned him in a corner. I just kept pinning him in a corner. I kept boxing him in. Come on. <laughs> where, where are you going with this? Well, let's look up these data. Oh, you're citing CNN, are you? Okay. Would we agree that CNN is a, has a corporate agenda? Would you agree with that? So, but meanwhile, I went to VARES to show stats on hospitalizations of uh, people who are vaxxed. He says, what do you mean we shouldn't vax five-year-olds? We should be vaxxing every, the second they're born. We, you would, you have, how many kids do you have? Oh, you have none? And so you're saying you would inject the kid that you don't have with something we don't know what it does. And that data is kind of showing us that uh, it doesn't work at all. And his exact words, well, look at the hospitals. It's loaded with people who have not been vaxxed. Oh, no, you got that wrong. I believe it's 70% <laughs> of people in hospitals now yeah. have with, been vaxxed. That, that have COVID are the ones that have been vaxxed. So, yeah, you, well, we remember the Walgreens puts out every month of what they see in their stores of... Uh... They put that chart out of who's getting these shots and, and how many people, are, what the COVID positivity rate is. And the unvax is one of the lowest percentages. It's three shots plus is the highest percentage. They keep putting those charts out. So uh, the reason I brought this up, Paul, is because uh, Stanley Kurtz has a piece that I w was going to try to get to tonight, but it was like fourth or fifth down the list until I listened to what you were listening to there pre-show. And we should send this over to the Dan Lebertard show. Not that these two would have any interest in reading it, probably. But um, Stanley Kurtz has a piece out right now. And this is where they try to slide in, in the middle of the night and they put a nice fancy name on it and hope that you, don't, that you don't notice. This one's called the Civics Secures Democracy Act. Well, that sounds, that sounds, that's, ooh, okay. That's a good name. Yeah. Sounds good. Secure yeah. Democracy. So Civic Secure. The Civic Secure Democracy. So what I've learned is any act that you hear, it's the exact opposite of what it is. Right. Right. It's, it's precisely like the, the opposite. It's like the departments in the government. Department of Education's anti-education. Department of Energy's anti-energy. It's all, that's the same thing. It's like the Patriot Act. Oh, yeah. It's the Nothing least patriotic, patriotic thing that's ever that. happened to this country. So this just got reintroduced in Congress. And this here's what this will do. This will allow the Biden administration to push critical. Oh, whoa, whoa, look at it. Whoa. Hello, Dan Levitard. Pay attention. Critical race theory on every public school in the country. Over a six-year period. This is a $6 billion dangling carrot, basically, is what it's going to be. A pot of competitive grant money will create a de facto national curriculum, just like Common Core. States desperate to tap into the federal gravy train will have to tailor their civics and history grant proposals to the Biden administration's likings. And abundant evidence shows that the Biden Education Department is pushing CRT. So why are some Republican senators eager to help Biden spread CRT? Well, I can't think of a quicker way to uh, devastate Republican enthusiasm just before the midterms. It doesn't matter that federal law and the bill itself disclaim the authority to formally impose a curriculum on the states. The strings that Biden's bureaucrats will attach to these massive federal grants will suffice to lure states into adopting CRT. You dangle a big enough carrot, and that's what happens. It's the same thing that they do with um, Medicare, Medicaid, all this other stuff. You dangle enough federal money in front of these governors, they can't resist. Even yeah. the red state ones, they can't resist it. 
The left-leaning bureaucrats who staff education departments, even in red states, already favor CRT. Those bureaucrats will write the grant applications and divvy up the money. And Biden long ago signaled his intention to prioritize applications that promise critical race theory. If CSDA passes this summer, it's a sponsor's hope a Republican victory in the midterms will come too late to prevent the federal imposition of CRT. But what will happen when voters discover just months before the midterms that Republicans have betrayed them by using federal power to push critical race theory on the states? The Civic Secures Democracy Act is education madness and political suicide for Republicans all wrapped up in one. Sadly, while this largely leftist-backed plan, we have Republican Senator John Cornyn of Texas to thank for giving CSTA bipartisan, quote-unquote, political cover. Last year, in an open letter to Cornyn and Representative Tom Cole, the Civics Alliance, convened by the National Association of Scholars, appealed to both legislatures to abandon CSTA. When Cornyn responded with misleading and mistaken claims about the bill, yet now the leftist-dominated coalition backing CSDA has added more Republicans. Senator Bill Cassidy and retiring Senator James Inhofe as co-sponsors of the newly introduced, reintroduced bill. And President Trump talked about this in his speech Saturday. When he talked about Inhofe, remember we played that clip and he said Inhofe's a good guy, but I got to speak to him on this because he clearly doesn't know what the hell's going on here. Yeah. Unless American parents wake up and make themselves heard now, there is a very real chance that CRT could be the new common core by this summer. And this goes on. It's a good piece by Stanley Kurtz, but that's, that's, the, general, that's the general gist of it. I think I've already, I've already shared this on our social media. But any leftist on any radio network or TV network arguing that this is not, um, this is not, uh, you know, he, what did he say to her? Oh, you're, you're, you're cherry picking one, one book. You're cherry picking one stat. This is not, I don't remember taking classes like this. This is not being taught. I mean, it's just. I mean, the absurdity of that statement unto itself. Yeah, the statement of, I, I, don't, I didn't remember having these classes in the 80s and 70s. Oh, well, yeah, so of course you didn't. Yeah, even the nineties or two thousands, they weren't there. I mean, just the to me, like that's you know, that's just the ultimate version of gaslighting. Of course, you didn't have it. So that's you know, that's that's like you know, that's like this caveman saying, "Well, I didn't have a television to show me this." Are you kidding me? Of course, you didn't. You think that? Yeah, it's like it's like debating um, it's like debating genitalia. Women, I do you ever remember doing that when you're in high school? You know what, what? bathroom you were going to go to, or what? Your teacher slept with over the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I never my knew anything about my teacher. I remember one time one of our teachers, Mr. Zeller, was the coolest guy. He's just a fun. He said something about going somewhere and having a romantic weekend with his wife. It was nice to get a break. And everyone was like, ooh. And it was like, you know, it was like everyone went haywire. And he's like, forget I said it. I'm sorry. Good yeah. Lord. It's like you have a life outside the classroom? You know, I thought he, you sleep over there in the corner. Yeah, right. We. When you saw him, right, right, yeah, we were talking yeah. about you see a teacher in a like at a supermarket. You're like, <gasps> yeah. it's almost like they're not human. You exist like, outside really? of that school. Yeah, I didn't know that. You buy groceries. <laughs> <laughs> Holy no! Yeah, I can't wait to tell my friends. 
Meanwhile, most of the time you see them out out of that out of that uh, specific area that you normally would see them at. And at first, you don't even know who the heck they are. Yeah. Like you're looking at them, like you give them that dog look. Like I've where, seen where do you I like know you from? 163 times this year, but I can't <laughs> right. place you. Where do I know you right. from? <laughs> yeah. Your homeroom teacher, ding right. that. Yeah. Uh, oh. oh, yeah, yeah, I recognize it. Yeah, so. <laughs> Well, I shared it on our Twitter. I'll share it on Getter right now if you want to read the rest of it. It's a good piece. But, um, again, this is – it's like – it's one of the – do you remember we talked about AFFH? Well, that's back on the table as well. I got an article about that tonight. Uh, Single-family housing. Oh, don't think we've forgotten about that. Don't think the Biden and Obama people have – and They're what, not giving up on that. You they haven't forgot about that. Everywhere. That's going to be on the front – that's going to be back on the front burner here very, very soon while hopefully you're not paying attention. And a great piece tonight, what we've been talking about, and these guys have been arguing, and all of you have been writing me emails about, the left's grand plan to destroy the country. Nothing here is happening by accident, but meant to transition this country to socialism. We'll talk a little bit about that. So lots to do. Glad you're in on a Tuesday. Just getting started. And we'll keep track of what's going on in the primaries tonight. Some runoff. Mike Collins has already been considered called the winner over Vernon Jones in U.S. in Georgia's House 10th District. That race has already been called. Vernon Jones goes down. Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. I see the chat on Getter. It's all fired up. Questioning what I just said is going to break. So let me recap. Georgia primary runoff elections tonight. Uh, There's some on the Democrat side and some on the uh, Republican side. Uh, Secretary of State, you have B. Wynn, who has been declared the winner uh, for Secretary of State. State Representative is facing D. Dawkins Hagler, B. Nguyen has won that. So now they, um, B will face Brad Raffensberger, obviously, in the fall there. U.S. House 2nd District, Chris West has a big lead over Jeremy Hunt. Uh, the winner will advance to the general election to challenge uh, Sanford Bishop Jr. there in U.S. House 2nd District in Georgia. In the 6th District, Jake Evans, who was endorsed by President Trump, is running a distant second to Rich McCormick with 32% reporting. McCormick, 71%. Jake Evans, 28%. Uh, The one you're all interested in, in U.S. House 10, Vernon Jones' race has already been called. Mike Collins with 40% reporting, 77% of the vote. Wow. Vernon Jones has 4,000 votes. With 40% reporting, 22.6%. That race has already been called for Mike Collins. So, I don't then, think he ran an effective campaign. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> that's, 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 that is a astute political uh, breakdown there. And that's what we bring you here on this show. <laughs> yes. On a and nightly then, basis. And then there's a Democratic primary runoff, and who cares? Who's next? Communist I don't know one. how you do it. Communist one is beating communist two. There, there Get you it go. again, Rick. Uh, right, a couple other welcome. things. Virginia, <laughs> U.S. House District 
uh, House District 2, easy for me to say, State Senator Jen Kagan's has been declared the winner there, 80% reporting. Beats Jerome Bell, Tommy Altman, and Andy Bond. Um, and that's, uh, what else here? We have U.S. House District 7, yet to be called. There's six Republicans vying for this House seat. Uh, it's pretty close. Yaseli Vega and Derek Anderson are running pretty tight oh. in that so far. The 8th District, Donald Beyer on the Democratic side has been called the winner there. So that's so not much going on in Virginia that you probably care about, uh, unless you're there. Uh, in Alabama, well, we had hope for Mo Brooks, but it's just starting. So we'll see. Katie Britt's out to a 167 vote to 68 vote lead over Mo Brooks. So you got to go to Mo here, hopefully, in Alabama. Katie Britt, a former lobbyist. This is the runoff election for U.S. Senate seat there. So literally just starting to come in. We'll keep an eye on that. Also in Georgia, uh, also in Alabama, U.S. House 5th District, um, Republican primary runoff. You've got Dale Strong and Casey Wardeniski. That hasn't even, no votes reporting yet, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, over in Arkansas, primary a runoff election. I don't see anything happening over there. And in D.C., I think the only, um, you have the, the communist mayor, Muriel Bowser, and she's running against whatever. And then in the Republican side, you have Stacia Hall, who's uncontested. So obviously, I would assume Muriel Bowser is going to uh, probably take that. So we'll keep an eye on Alabama. And in Georgia, we'll see what happens with the Chris West, Jeremy Hunt race and the Rich McCormick, Jake Evans race. And like I said, Mike Collins has already been called the winner over uh, Vernon Jones. So and, and Katie Brooks in Alabama, she's the uh, the Trump pick, right? Katie Britt. Um, over, Mo, over Mo Brooks? Katie Britt. Well, Mo Brooks is the one. Mo Brooks is the, you know, Trump pulled his support from Mo. Right. But I believe he gave it to Katie Britt. Am I right? Am Former I President Trump rescinded his endorsement of Mr. Brooks as he slid in the polls. After the primary, yes, President Trump endorsed Katie Britt. I'll be pulling for Mo Brooks there. But we'll see. Um, all right, let's do some sports and hear what that is. The man in purple tonight, Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Hey, Big D, good timing. Lightning beat the Avalanche last night, 6-2. to two. I called that game. Game three, cut the series lead 2-1. to one. Adam <laughs> Stites of Yard Park. Boy, it keeps rolling, Big D. I think you're going to have to give me the password to your Bitcoin account pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> now would be a good time to give it to you because it's, no. it's down about 90%. <laughs> You're great. All right, yeah. that's 10% deposit. Anyway, okay. uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning bounced back from a Game 2 shutout to blow out the Colorado Avalanche in Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. The 6-2 win for the Lightning on Monday was the team's first victory of the series and cut the Avs' lead to 2-1, to one, Big D. Colorado struck first in Game 3 with a goal that was overturned for offsides, followed by a Gabriel Landeskog goal later in the first period that counted. The Avalanche... Uh, lead lasted about five minutes before the Lightning evened up the score with a goal from Anthony Sorelli uh, less than two minutes later. And then Andre Palat uh, gave Tampa Bay its first lead of the series. And basically, to recap it, there was no looking back. The Avs uh, just kind of 
hung in there, but uh, they got blown out pretty much. Let's put it on. Vlasilevsky was incredible. He made a save in the first period that I talked about last night that was absolutely incredible, and he kicked his right pad out. Unbelievable. Paul probably saw that save. The kid is on fire. So uh, Now, tomorrow night is game four, and it's going to be a pivotal game. It's do or die, I think, for Tampa. If they can even up the series... You're going to have, you know, if they can win, they're going to have a great series. If not, then I think it's going to go to Colorado. So we will see who I'm going to pick tomorrow night. Although I did, I did break track because I, I did pick the Avs for the series for the Big 15. However, right. you have, it's easy. Obviously, you're going to take Tampa. You're uh, just hedging against your series bet at this point. Why would you? I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to force you into something. I, I'm on a streak I mean, now. I don't want to blow my streak, Big D. So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you try to direct me. Well, and, no, uh, not, I'm just saying you're yeah. up 2 1 in the series. So. Yeah. You can't lose either way, really. Uh, you can't, but it's also nice to win the 25 rather than lose it, right? Um, and, uh, hey, big news today. Five-time Pro Bowl tight end Rob Gronkowski announces retirement after 11 seasons. This is becoming an annual thing now. But, anyway, Victor Barbosa of Yard Barker reporting. Rob Gronkowski announced that he's retiring from the playing in the NFL again. The future first ballot Hall of Famer won four Super Bowls while earning a spot on the NFL's 100th anniversary team and uh, 2010 All-Decade team. An all-time great officially hangs him up at 33 years old. Gronk first retired from the league following the 2018 campaign, his ninth and final season with the New England Patriots, but after taking one year off, decided to join longtime uh, teammate Tom Brady in the NFC with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we know they went on to win the Super Bowl and the whole bit there. Uh, but uh, Gronkowski's agent actually said that uh, he's not so sure that he's not going to come back in the middle of the season, so we'll see. Yeah, it's good to have the, <laughs> him mean, and Brady have four, four Super Bowls together, and they're going to have four retirements together, too. <laughs> exactly. You know it's unbelievable. If you could avoid minicamp and, you know, OTAs, you can avoid all the grueling. He knows exactly what he needs to do to get in shape. He knows the playbooks. You know, he doesn't want to be there for the grueling days of August, especially down in the in the Tampa Sun, right? Can't blame him. He knows him. what he's doing. And 33 is a young man today, trust me, even in sports. He's still a young man. Uh, and one more quick one. Brooks Kepka leaves PGA Tour to join the Live Golf uh, uh, Tournament. Uh, this is Victor Barbosa of Yarbarker. Yet another notable name is leaving the PGA Tour to join the new Live Golf Series. This is a Boy, big one. This is a big one. This, this, this is actually my one. favorite golfer. Yeah, this could be the biggest one of all of them, even bigger than Mickelson. Uh, on par with DJ. On Absolutely. par with DJ, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Kepka joins the likes of Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Ricky Fowler, and others to recently make the switch. The league is funded, obviously, by Saudi Arabia's well, public investment fund. Went too. Yeah, DeChambeau went. Oh, yeah, he, he declared that. last week. Oh, yeah. see, I, was, I didn't pay attention last week. Yep. Wow. So they got DeChambeau, Fowler, and now they got... Um, Dustin Johnson, Phil Dustin, Mickelson, now they got Brooks Kepka. Brooks yeah. Kepka, that's a big get. Big get. So this is really what it comes down to. Can I just comment here? Do you mind? Sure, please. Um, this is an example of really the PGA has completely squeezed the daylights. They've made hundreds and hundreds and umpteen hundreds of millions on every year of their season. Yep. And they keep so much of the profit and they don't pass it on to the players. Is that fair to say? Yep. And there's this basically this new league is going to essentially split the purse 50-50 with the players as opposed to 10% of the whole total purse going to the players. Is that about is that about right? Absolutely. Fourth or fifth place is as good as a lot of the major tournament First place winning prizes. So, I mean, you're talking big money. And, uh, you know, Kepka, he's a he's hell of a golfer. He's 19th now, in the world. I'll learn how to play golf. My driver is going to cost me 500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do some more news and sports when we get back. 26 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday.
from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Paul's going to do some news here in a second. Rick Delgado's here. Geofran holding it down. Did you have any more uh, sports that we didn't get to there, Slick Rick? Uh, no, I got uh, plenty of more sports coming up. Big deal. Okay. I'm going to have an update on the College World Series, but I got a good coverage. Thank you. All right, very good. Uh, let's do some news, and uh, news is brought to you by our friends at 7Cells, 7Cells.com. And here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, uh, I just kind of was going to ask people if they're willing to follow me. I'm this close to 6,000 over on Getter. Come on. I mean, this is pretty cool. 6,000? That's like Papa Nolan. Like a famous person. P-O-P-P-A-N-O-L-A-N at Papa Nolan. Did you know Ben Burkwam and Ed Henry follow me back? Let's get it over 6,000 tonight. How about that? How, clo- how close are you? Uh, three people away. Oh, he's got it. He's got it in the oh, bed. Come on. Come on. You'll have that, you have it right now, probably. Uh, well, maybe. I'll check while you do the Let's news. Let's see if I can get the 6,100. Okay. So, oh, that's a good That's 6,100 by the end of the show. Here we go. Whoever is my 6,100th follower, I send them a Tesla. <laughs> you get a free... <laughs> oh, I was going to say just a free glass jug or something. Well, no, because I'm not going to send them that either. We have, to send, we have a T-shirt that we owe to somebody. and uh, Somebody? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... um. She wrote an email in, and I saw it, and I forgot to do it. for Harry, From the Harry... Um, well, I got to do that. G, remind me to send that T-shirt out. It's been like only about a month. Hey, send that T-shirt out. <laughs> Not now. Don't remind me now. Remind me tomorrow. All right, let's do the news, Paul. G, I'll, I'll, keep track I'll of your remind getter. you uh, to remind. Yeah. But <laughs> We're Rick, screwed. you got to remind me first because I'm never going to I don't remember. even know what you're talking about. By the way, Rand Paul's out there stumping for Mo Brooks. Do you know that? I know people on the getter chat are all mad at me that I want Mo Brooks, that I think Mo Brooks is the conservative there. Uh, Rand Paul, Alabama, join me in supporting Mo Books and, and vote for Mo today. Mo has proven time and time again he will stand up for liberty and do what he thinks is right. He will join me in fighting to lower spending, cut the size and power of government. Rand Paul today. So, so I just got to get it. I mean, I just got a truth social follow. Wow, this is going good because it's the same thing. All right, so Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene said on Tuesday night she has decided to seek a restraining order against House Democrat staffer who was captured by Capitol Police on security cameras defacing posters outside her Washington office. She told Just the News that she felt like she had no choice but to seek protective uh, order against Timothy Heisen, the chief of staff to the Massachusetts uh, Democratic Rep. Jake um, Achinclos. Is that how you pronounce that? Um, After the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington declined a police request to issue a warrant uh, to charge uh, the staffer. You know, so she said Nancy Pelosi and Democrat leadership don't believe in protecting me. So I have no other choice but to do whatever I can to protect myself and protect my staff. She said this. So she was on Just the News, Not the Noise, our own John Solomon, who's, yeah. who's a friend of the show. Well, we the did way. this story, not yes. this story, but we did the story of the Stafford defacing um, in the Capitol last night. And um, you didn't see Tucker's segment last night on the Colbert story. That was great. But again, what, what are the rules, right? I mean, what are the rules for this building? Colbert goes on his show last night and says, well, comparing the two incidents is just grotesque. And my, my incident was professionals meeting professionals. My, my professionals and the Capitol Police professionals. Well, I mean. Throw that story. If it was, was, if it was MTG that. who was caught defacing, what, what do you think? What, just oh ask yourself goodness. what would oh, happen. Forget about it's it. It's the gulag with you. Right, just, oh, just ask yourself it. that. I mean, she can't say anything without getting stretched in a different direction. In fact, I'll be completely frank. You know, I remember just getting the sound bites and the little tids and tads and tiny bits. And, and I thought, you know, I even heard you these at one time say, yeah, she's a little out there for me. I watched her in a three-hour interview on, on Tim Pool. It was, it's a very moderate show. 
And uh, she was very interesting and lucid and clear in her thoughts. And, you know, when you see people in a full conversation, it's hard to take them out of context. So, you know, uh, I, I like that she doesn't care what anyone She's like the tanner from the Bad News Bears of, of, of <laughs> politics. She don't care. Yeah. Right? No, I want to fight. You know, like, that's it. Like, she's just all in. For a party that doesn't have many of those, something to be said for being one. So she at least, she say whatever you will about, I mean, no one, no one you're going to agree with 100% of the time, no matter what they say. No, no doubt about it. But say this, she's maybe one of, you could count on, if not one hand, certainly before you use all 10 fingers, you could count the number of people in the Republican Party who actually understand the playing field that they're playing on. Yeah, she gets down in the yeah. mud with them. Like she'll just she'll just go as low as they she don't care. Right. She she plays by their rules. Yeah. And they don't like that. They hate when people play by their rules. That's right. That's why they hated Trump. Because he not only played by their rules, he threw it in their face and they couldn't do a damn thing about it. Yep. Because he was better at it than they were. He was like Billy Jack of politics. Right. He's and they're just, doing everything they can to make sure they don't have to face that again. Yeah. Including the Salem witch trials here. Yeah, exactly. They're going to do everything in their power to make it so he can't go. All right. What um, else in the news, Paul? So from uh, Tyler Durden over at Zero Hedge, Night of Rage flyer spotted in D.C. ahead of the Roe vs. Wade decision. Any day now, likely Thursday, the Supreme Court could publish its final decision on whether or not to overturn Roe v. Wade. If the nine justices overturn the court case, the decision to ban abortions will become a state matter. It would spur demonstrations as disturbing flyers have already begun to appear across across Washington, D.C., warning about riots if the case is, in fact, overturned. Uh, National Review's uh, Ramesh Panaru uh, tweeted a picture of the flyers uh, slapped on the side of what appears to be concrete-based light pole on the side streets of D.C., the flyers read, D.C. call to action, night of rage. Yeah, I saw The him. night of Scov- uh, SCOTUS overturns Roe v. Wade hits the streets. Uh, you said you'd riot to our oppressors. If our abortions aren't safe, you're not either. Signed, Jane's Revenge. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the, um, the attorney general's sitting in his office today and get, oh, no. No, he's not. Actually, he's in Ukraine. Right. Yeah, he's in Ukraine for photo Stiller. ops with Ben Stiller. Right. Yes. Right, right, right now they're watching, you know, Harry Met Sally and crying to a rom-com. They're just cuddling up. <laughs> what? The attorney general is in Ukraine. I can't even say it and keep it maybe, straight. Maybe there's, what? Maybe there's some uh, unruly, you know, board members at a, at a teacher's meeting. Like maybe there's some parents who don't like CRT over there in Ukraine, so they figured he'd go there and uh, now, yeah. Now, it, out. if there was a Republican... Um, or as they would call it, right-wing group that they thought was planning something based on a Supreme Court decision that was about to come down, they would have already infiltrated it by now. They would already have had people infiltrate the group, been inside the group, um, like a Ray, a Ray Epps type of infiltration, right? They would have had already somebody in the group waiting to, uh, to be there yeah, stir things up. Yeah. Get them going. But you have posters now plastered all over D.C. basically saying, here's what we're going to do, and he's in, uh, he's in Ukraine. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe you know, uh, Ben Silliman over there, they're doing another war movie. They're doing Tropic Thunder 2. Or maybe he's giving them inside information on Jane's addiction here. What's it called? 
Jane's Rage. Rage Jane's Jane? Rage. Jane's Rage. Jane's Addiction. That's a band, I think. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes. Oh. Um, maybe he's giving them he maybe he's giving them inside information over there. He doesn't want to. Well, maybe not. I mean, he's not doing anything here. He can do not do stuff there, too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. He's not, he doesn't care about people uh, going outside the Supreme Court justice's house, uh, violating federal law. He doesn't care about that. He only cares about parents at school board meetings. Um, yeah, hey, that's maybe, a good point. Maybe he knew that this new police report was coming out from the Epoch Times that proves that plainclothes members of the Special Law Enforcement Electronic Surveillance Unit was secretly embedded among protesters during January 6th. Maybe that's why he's hiding out over there. What does that, what does that, actually, uh, what does that article actually say? Besides yeah, give that, us that. Which word. is like says, the same as saying, like, water is wet in the sun. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, now this is actually being reported. They, they've always said, well, we can't talk about any of this stuff. Newly uncovered report titled First Amendment Demonstrations issued January 3rd by D.C. Metropolitan Police Chief Robert Conti. That's the guy who had testified that he went to Bowser. He had all this information. He said, we're getting intelligence. We need backup. We need this. We need that. They turned him down flat, uh, and he was forced to resign. Uh, It details the MPD's response to the planned MAGA protest, which includes specifics about covert operations that occurred on and leading up to January 6th. Isn't it funny, by the way, that January 6th, that not one... Not one time has anyone thought or questioned what um, to ask Pelosi or Mario Bowser or whoever else got the order from the president once he offered up 25,000 National Guard reserves or troops, whatever he, I think it was about 25,000 is the number. Why, when he signed off on it, that he would do it. And then it goes to the Speaker of the House. I think at that point, it's in her jurisdiction to either approve it, not approve it, and then to Mario Bowser. Obviously, being the mayor, she has. She, I think, she has um, jurisdiction as well on it. Why, why haven't they been questioned for the January sixth committee? No one, no one's interested in what they knew and when they knew it. The president, the president says he offers up troops. Given um, how he's felt about violence, given that we went through the summer of love, in the BLM riots of 2020, we know how the president feels about violence and that. We remember that. God, I miss Chop. So here he is on the, yeah, the Chop. That was, that was beauty. <laughs> it's the Chaz. And then he offers up the idea of having National Guard there at the Capitol. He signs off on it. And then no one's interested in what happened to this whole, no one's interested in what happened to it after that. Kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. Not part of the old committee. No videos on that. No nothing. No testimony from the people in the room with the president. Five of them. Right. Cash yeah. Patel being one of them. The most heavily surveilled place in the world. No video for us. Okay. That's good. Why didn't they? Why didn't they ask Cash Patel for a deposition? He was in the Oval Office, I believe, with Trump when he when he uh, came up with this that he'd offer up these troops in the days prior. I haven't seen him part of this. Maybe I missed it, but I haven't seen any testimony from him, any videos from him, any slick produced um, production videos with him in it. Nothing. I actually saw, I actually heard that they played a video today complaining about um, protesters on January 6th and the fact that the president didn't say enough about them at the time. Meanwhile, we have protesters 
and an assassination attempt on the Supreme Court justice right now happening live. And the president hasn't said boo about it. Not one thing. Didn't Maxine Waters call for actual violence? Chuck Schumer, Maxine Mm -hmm. Waters, sure. Actually encourage people to attack humans. Get in their face, yeah, she Mm -hmm. said. Yeah. Chuck Schumer basically threatened the two and said, you'll feel the world win. You'll have no idea what hit you. Yeah. You you know what that kind of reminds me of? What what happens when you have no idea what hit you? It usually means a, a gun went off. Or you got hit from behind. Yeah, you got because you don't know, you can't see it coming. Yeah. Yep. So that's that. That's what I took away from that. But uh, you know, the arrogance of uh, the 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 two tiered justice system and the two tiered, um, well, one tiered media that's in the pocket of the left allows them to run videos like that with no. No pushback or no irony of the current situation that's going on right now with the Supreme Court justices, and the president hasn't said boo about it. And yet they're running videos and complaining about the president not saying enough about protesters. Figure that out. All right, sports news coming up. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. to the hour live from studio 6b on a tuesday night following the uh, getter chat everybody's fired up in there some funny people in there i'll tell you that and sue's baking cookies and cupcakes yeah i saw that really chocolate yeah. chip hi sue Sue's i love follower. cookies eyes on heaven i saw that video that the military is using although the pronoun video god help us and china's got to be really shaking it in their boots after seeing that have you seen it yeah. Does I, it make I, you want to punch yourself in the face? <laughs> just, just, you can't. No, it just I makes, mean, me, makes me want to sing a show tune. You just can't. I <laughs> just can't make it up. I'll pull it up while Rick does sports. All right. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, of course, who Walmart canceled. F Walmart. Um, and thank you to everybody who's gone to MyPillow in the last 10 days since this happened. And continue to go there. If you can find great stuff that you need, LFS6B at checkout. Anywhere between 10 to 60% off most items. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. Here with sports is the man Slick Rick at Slick Rick Sports. Rick Amirati, what's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, men's NCAA College World Series earlier today. Texas defeated Notre Dame 5-1 to in the elimination game. And they are moving on to the final four of the World Series later this week. And Arkansas right now is blowing out Auburn 8-0. Also an elimination game to move on. The, uh, the, this is in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, so we'll see who wins that game and then uh, we got Ole Miss uh, waiting for the winner of that and and, uh, 
Notre Dame and Texas A&M tomorrow, 2 p.m. for the elimination game. So getting down to the end from 64 to 4 in the College World Series, good stuff. And, uh, well, some sad news in uh, NCAA and NBA. Caleb Swanigan, a former Purdue men's basketball star and NBA first-round pick, dies. Ready, guys? At 25 years old. This is from ESPN View, the AP. Swanigan died Monday night with the Allen Callany Coroner's Office saying he died of natural causes at a Fort Wayne hospital. Again, that same theme with these athletes. This guy was very noted. A first-round pick of the Portland Trailblazers in 2017. Six-foot-nine Swanigan played three years in the NBA with the Blazers and Sacramento Kings. Indiana's Mr. Basketball in 2015. Swanigan was a highly sought-after recruit who elected to stay home and play for the Boilermakers after originally committing to Michigan State. Swanigan had a standout sophomore campaign at Purdue and was named the Big Ten Player of the Year and was a consensus first-team All-American. He was also a finalist for the Naismith Award. After the season, he entered the NBA draft and was selected number 26. And, uh, well, they're saying he died of natural causes, which is awfully odd for a 25-year-old person, at least in my book. I don't, I, you don't often hear that. When they're 80, 90, 100, I can see that. But, again, that reoccurring theme of our athletes just mysteriously dying and not getting any type of diagnosis as to how. There's a lot of mysterious know? things going on. Athletes dying, cattle dying, eggplant Chicken plant processing plants Did you blowing guys see up. See a story of sheep in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, we played the clip. I didn't fact check that today, but I, I saw the clip and I was oh just, the new one today. The new one yeah, today. That, I didn't. Kansas fact- was the first one. That was yeah, today. I saw that. Cattle. No, Kansas was cattle. It was ten thousand head in Boise, Idaho. I saw a video, but I couldn't verify. I saw if the it video was, today too. I, I couldn't verify if it was Boise. You're Idaho. saying today's was sheep print today? Sheep in Gee. Boise. So what oh, you're no. saying the, ori- the original we know was cattle. Today, I I, ble- I don't know if Let's it was cows about- or something else. I saw sheep- it, though. I have the video. I'll send it to you at the break. We'll, I can pull it up. We'll I saw ask that. the audience maybe to uh, do some research for us, but, by the so way. So what you're saying is a bunch of followers just kind of keeled over. Democrats? Mm. No. Oh, sheeples. Oh, good. Yeah. God. And uh, just one more big D. Yankees' first <laughs> Major League Baseball team to win 50 games this season. Garrett Cole had a dominant pitch performance in the victory last night. Ryan Gatos of Fox News, the New York Yankees, became the first team in Major League Baseball to hit the 50-win mark thanks to their latest victory over the Tampa Rays last night. New York got seven and third innings from Garrett Cole before it was broken up in the eighth inning. He had no hitter going. Uh, Tampa Bay tied the 2 nothing game in the same inning uh, thanks to a run-scoring ground up from Yandy Diaz and an infield single from Man- Manuel Margot. Uh, but clutch hitting lifted. New York in the ninth. Aaron Hicks tripped to score Josh Donaldson and then Jose Trevino sack flight Hicks. The Yankees sealed the victory in the bottom of the inning. So I haven't given baseball any love, but Yankees are playing great. And it's a great summer for New York because guess what? The New York Mets are also five and a half games in first place in their respective divisions. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, guys, you never know. Subway Series, we got a ways to go. But boy, that'd be a load of fun. And boy, New York could use some good news. And anyway, Big D, that's a rapid sports. Back to you. All right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. We'll do some more sports. Um, So Washington Times today has a piece entitled The Left's Grand Plan to Destroy Our Country. And since this is something that we've been tossing around on the show, Rick and Paul made the case. David Bossy today writes, You can't make fundamental change to a prosperous nation. That's why Democrats are purposefully trying to destroy the country as we know it in their quest to change America into the world's next failed socialist state. 
From the open borders disaster, the defund police violent crime spike, critical race theory, choking off domestic energy production, to trillions upon trillions in wasteful spending, none of it is a mistake. In fact, it is all part of the left's grand plan. And as President Biden and the Democrats' irresponsible anti-American policies create one crisis after the next for hardworking American families to deal with, they're also busy breaking our institutions in Washington. Look no further than the U.S. House January 6th select committee abuse of power. Speaker Nancy Pelosi created a taxpayer-funded anti-Trump political committee that doesn't reflect the will of the people for the first time in history. The committee consists of seven Democrats and two anti-Trump Republicans. It's simply a matter of common sense to understand why this sideshow should have never been allowed to move forward. But the mainstream media and the Washington establishment turned a blind eye because the target is former President Donald Trump, the ultimate political outsider. And by now, we're all keenly aware that when dealing with Mr. Trump, the elites have decided that rules, precedent, and the rule of law are no longer paramount. In a recent hearing in federal court, former Trump advisor Steve Bannon's lawyers argued that his criminal contempt case should be thrown out because the January 6th committee has broken House rules, destroyed over 200 years of precedent, and is invalid. Judge Carl Nichols ruled against Mr. Bannon, stating that the committee is valid because the full House voted in support of its contempt findings and therefore legitimized them. This is not an insignificant ruling. Going forward, lopsided committees can be forced and contempt votes can be the order of the day as long as the party in power approves them by a simple majority on the floor of the U.S. House. Now that these new Pelosi rules are in effect and being enforced, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who is in line to be the next Speaker of the House when the Republicans take control next year, should announce his intent to form a select committee on the Biden family corruption made up of nine Republicans and zero Democrats and equipped with full subpoena, deposition, and contempt authority as a matter of precedent. And when the first subpoenas land on Mr. Biden's doorstep at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, there is no executive privilege anymore. Well, thanks to Mr. Biden. When House Republicans held Obama Attorney General Eric Holder and former IRS official Lois Lerner in contempt of Congress not so long ago, no one ever really thought that the Justice Department would uh, mount prosecutions, and they were right. But if you're a Trump associate like Peter Navarro, and you don't comply with a legally questionable January 6th committee subpoena, get ready for leg shackles. Will this heavy-handed treatment extend to the Biden confidants, advisors, cabinet members next year when the roles are reversed? I think we all know the answers to that question. Congress isn't the only institution that's under attack by radical Democrats. Across the street at the Supreme Court, justices' lives are literally at risk over a pending decision that will likely overturn the disastrous Roe v. Wade abortion decision. Mr. Biden not speaking out against the plot to assassinate Kavanaugh is dangerous and the less nonchalant attitude towards mobs gathering outside the homes of the justices is quite frankly disgusting. I'll finish this when we get back. Hour two coming up. LOL of the day. 
And we may revisit Kamala Harris's. Please don't. Please don't. Do I mean, it was it was wordsmithing at its best, Paul. Do it. Thank you. Do it. Definitely. Do it. Two live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Paul Nolan's going to do some more news. Look, Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Fran holding it down as always. So um, let's get into some video here, G. We got a lot of good stuff to get to. And let's start with the uh, disaster that is these vaccines for kids. As I see the video of these moms already oh. holding the kids on their laps, getting these shots, and I just cringe. I just absolutely cringe. Uh, Biden spoke about it today. Cut one, G. Roll that. As you could tell, I didn't want to leave the clinic. <laughs> Children are wonderful. Thank you, Arsima, and uh, for that introduction. And Jill and I, we're honored to visit your clinic today. <clears throat> we met with your fellow nurses and staff who are stepping up each and every day. And we met with families of young children. And there were about, I guess, 17, 18 families there waiting for the vaccine shots or have just gotten their vaccine <laughs> Teeth are loose. And finally, COVID-19 vaccinations for children uh, uh, over five years of age. Finally, some peace of mind. You know, <laughs> this is, uh, should I should say, under five years. We have them over five years, but over five months to f f six months to five years. <laughs> Sounds like you've got and a good story, handle on it. This is a very historic milestone. A monumental Historic step forward, milestone? the United States is now the first country in the world to offer safe and effective COVID-19 yeah, vaccines stop, stop for, for children. He, he says that as if it's a, um, it's like a, something to put on your lapel. We're the first, we're the first people dumb enough to think this is a good idea. Yeah. We're the first ones to shoot up babies. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, even though all the evidence that's coming out is saying it's not effective and it's dangerous, he keeps saying safe and effective. It's safe and effective at ruining your body. That's about all it's good for. Might be better off shooting Windex into your... Well, now, Paul, you sound like, you know, you must be a big Trump supporter because <laughs> yeah. I think that's what he encouraged you to do too, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and as someone reminded me, I think it was yesterday, on yesterday's show, there's places like, I think, Germany that won't even allow under the age of 30. Yeah. Wow. Never I, mind five and infants. I think Germany and Italy are two of those countries, if I'm, if I'm uh, guessing correctly. And there's a lot more that are getting on board with, you know, kind of restricting who gets this vaccine because they know it's dangerous. I mean, if you're a parent out there and you think this is peace of mind, I mean, I'm sorry, you just have not simply been paying attention. Look at what's going on in Israel right now. The spike in people going to the hospital. All of them triple vaxxed. I mean, you, you just simply are not paying attention to what's going on. And again, not being a parent of young kids anymore. I mean, I don't, maybe, maybe things have changed. But I, I told you last week the story of 
struggling with just the regular vaccine schedule of kids to get to MMR and the things they have to get just to go to school. And the struggles that I would think most parents have, uh, although I guess, I guess not enough, maybe not as many as I think struggle with, about shooting your kids with this stuff and hoping that nothing happens. To think about giving them this with everything that's happened in the last two years, with the data we've seen, the things we've seen, the reactions we've seen, the adverse effects we've seen, with people dropping dead at ages, the Justin Bieber thing, the Haley Bieber thing, the sports figures, the reports out of some of these other countries, like I just said, Israel is the newest one today I saw. How could you think this gives you peace of mind? Other than just if you're just a drone listening to him, Fauci, and these lying criminals who are trying to push this on you. There's no way to have peace. You never have peace of mind putting something in your kid. Not never. There's no peace of mind. Thimerosal free, mercury free. There was no peace of mind for me and my wife ever. Until we were far enough away from it and to hopefully know that that nothing happened. I mean, this is like, uh, this is, there aren't words to describe how evil this is. Evil to a population that doesn't need it, that's not in danger. And the doctor there, I don't know his name, Murthit or something on the right there, yeah, Biden doesn't know his name either, by the way, as you'll, as you'll see later. <laughs> Has no idea who he is or what he does. I heard him say on some newscast, he was interviewed saying, well, your kids should get this even if they've had it. Even if they've had it. Oh, don't worry. Fauci has said that too. You guys seen the sterilization numbers in, in, in the country? We're at an all-time low. Elon Musk had pointed it out. He has been talking about this for the longest time. It's pretty crazy when you see like how, you know, how low the testosterone levels of of young males are. It's 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 frightening. It's re- it's really frightening that you you could see that the like we're at like at a, at a negative impact of of growth. You know, species don't think, need uh, you know. I think the Epic Times has a piece today. If you go to the Epic Times homepage on the right side, there's another. Um, Male fertility, uh, there's a link to, if they got vaccinated, there's a link to male fertility, that men are having problems now. I believe there's a study out today. I think I saw it in the Epic Times as I I scanned it today. It was on like the right side banner, Paul, if you want to look that up. Yeah, and we've heard about the the issues with pregnant women and the amount of stillbirths and the percentages that that has jumped amazingly high. It's just, it's scary. And... and, uh, it's because the mainstream media is not cluing people in. And most people, you know, they'll tune in for 20, 30 minutes, get their news, and they're out the door. What do they hear? Oh, it's safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. Get your kids to get safe and effective. Is it the story of the, about the documentary of the WHO program resulting in sterilization of African women without their consent? No. Uh, oh, is that th- the Bill th- Gates story? This is an, Yeah, this is an interesting... I just think everyone should be willing to... You know, pay for this. The Epoch Times. I mean, they have no advertisers, and they're not beholden to anybody. So I think it's worth the. I think it's worth the seventy bucks a year. Uh, I'll find it. I'll, I'll find I'll, it in the I'll, break. I'll I saw it on too. the Epoch Times. I think it's on the political page, maybe. So, 
Um, all right, let me hear. Let me hear just a little bit more of what this lion weasel says about these. As young as six months old. Oh. And the first time in our fight against this pandemic, every American can now have access to life-saving vaccines. <laughs> and we're ready. My administration, with the help of the CDC, has been planning and preparing this see, moment for it. this moment for a long time. Let's just, let's just switch over here. You see how he gestured to his left there when he said CDC? Pull up the LOL of the day. So that Dr. Uh, ja is his COVID medical lead advisor. He's not from the CDC. He does not run the CDC. He does not do anything with the CDC, maybe works with them, but he's not employed at the CDC. Here's the LOL of the day. Well, wait, is a doctor? No, I'm sorry. Oh, doctor. <laughs> He's the guy that's running the CDC for me these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's up there. He's standing on stage and he's ready to perform. <laughs> Relief, isn't it? Be able to do it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Where he goes off on his own, thinks he's, thinks he's being so cool. Look at Dr. Java there, the CDC director. No. <laughs> no. No, Joe. Rochelle Lewinsky is the criminal running the CDC. Maybe he identifies as the CDC director. You know, you know that's always a way to get around it. You can just say identified as the CDC director. That's a good idea, G. And Walensky's wondering, did I just get fired? And he did it. In the, he did it just there when we, when we in the speech. He's a CDC. He gestures to the left yeah. to... to, to so basically, any doctor, if your if your if your initials in front of your name are DR for doctor, to him that means you run the CDC. So um, I saw this yesterday. Cut three, G. One person who has some sanity for all that. So the White House is lying about it. We <laughs> surprise. Not surprised the White House would lie. Definitely not surprised that legacy media would amplify the lie because that's what they do. The state of Florida, they came out with an article saying the state of Florida has not ordered, its Department of Health has not ordered mRNA jabs for the babies. Yes, we didn't. We recommend against it. We are not going to have any programs where we're trying to jab six-month-old babies with mRNA. That's just the reality. And I think what happened was they thought somehow we would we would like be be embarrassed by that. No, we're following the data. You look at these European countries; uh, they are uh, a lot of them don't even allow Moderna for under age 30, or they recommend against it. So that was always that. We still have not ordered it. We're not going to order it now. What they're saying is because practitioners and hospitals can order it, somehow we've reversed. I I said from the beginning they'll be able to do that. We don't have the authority to prevent it. And quite frankly, if someone wants to make a different decision, I would just caution people, look at the actual data in the clinical trial. It is the weakest possible data that you could possibly uh, see. Very small number of people. Uh, what the recommendation is from them doesn't even track the outcomes. It was something that, but, but people can ask their pediatricians, they can ask their doctors, what's the evidence of, of, of protection against severe disease? There was none in the clinical trial. Uh, but, but that's something that people would do. But for us, 
Joe Latipo, our Department of Health, has looked at it. There is no proven benefit to put a, a baby with an MNRA. So that's why our recommendation is against it. That's different than prohibiting the use in Florida, which we don't have the, the authority to do. And quite frankly, you know, we're, we're confident people can make their own judgments on it. But I would say when you look at the trial, one of the things they did, they did not have uh, babies or very young kids who had recovered from COVID in the trial. So we don't know what this will do for people that have recovered. But <laughs> in their recommendation, the they are recommending giving the mRNA shot to people, young babies and kids that have already recovered from yeah. COVID. They don't have any clinical data on that. And people have looked at some of this stuff and have recognized how that, and you know what? The White House is bragging that we're the only country that is trying to do mRNA shots for infants. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with, with, with being, being the Lone Ranger if you're right. But the, the other countries in Europe that are going a different direction, similar to the direction Florida's gone, they have been right on COVID way more than Fauci and his crew have been throughout this whole thing. Remember, these are people in Washington that rejected the idea of natural immunity. Uh, for a year and a half, they said that the vaccine was better than prior infection. And every credible study that's been done has said that that's not the case. And so they've been wrong time and time again. They were wrong when they criticized me for having schools open. They wanted our kids locked out of school in the state of Florida. They were wrong when they criticized me for having businesses open, beaches, all these other things. And so this is an example where they are pushing this with very, very, very scant data. But again, People can make their judgments, but but ask questions. And the fact of the matter is, I think what this whole uh, year and a half has shown us is these regulatory agencies in the federal government have basically become uh, subsidiaries of the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Uh, they are Archie, not. Archie, that's it. I mean, that's the money show right there anyways. So. The only one, only health department that didn't order in Miss Florida. All right, news and sports when we get back. about birch gold inflation continues to rise how do you protect your hard-earned savings well one of the options is to consider physical gold and silver and the folks to talk to there are friends at birch gold group birch gold as i've been telling you experts in precious metals an a-plus rating with the better business bureau thousands of satisfied customers most importantly they'll give you some options you can buy gold coins you can convert an existing ira to a gold ira you can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold ira account here's how you get started Text America to 989898. Get your free information kit from our friends at Birch Gold. They'll show you how to protect your gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. So get the facts. Get started today. Text America to 989898. Get your free information kit from our friends at Birch Gold Group and find out how owning gold and silver could help protect that savings. All right, 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. <laughs> Uh, let's do some sports, and here with sports is uh, at Slick Rick Sports on Getter, Twitter, Truth Social. Follow them up. 
Rick Amorati, what's going on, Slick? Big deal. Let's get you updated on the NCAA College Men's World Series right now. Arkansas leading 9 nothing over Auburn. Top of the sixth. The winner of that will take on Old, Old Miss in the semifinal game. And Oklahoma awaits the winner of the North uh, Notre Dame-Texas A&M winner tomorrow. That's a 2 p.m. first pitch. We'll have an update on that tomorrow night. And by but- the way, Slick, someone sent me an email yesterday saying... Um, just wanted you to know that NHRA top fuel category does not run a quarter mile anymore. Only a thousand feet for safety reasons. I thought I saw I thought I saw twelve hundred, but okay. Well check that one. Okay, well that's the email. That's I why got, that so. score that's why that was such a low. It was a three point eight three, I think, uh quarter, which is I thought was ridiculously uh short. So that could be correct. Absolutely. You know, breaking those down, uh they don't give you the quarter mile, they actually give you the feet. So I gotta go back to math class for that one. But yes, okay. thank you. Duly noted, Big D. That's how it's only so. a discrepancy of like three hundred feet. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a lot when you're racing. Yeah, when you're doing 700 yeah. miles an hour, gee, that's the difference between like, you know. I'm doing 700. 0.01 seconds an hour. and 0.02 seconds. 350? Yeah, 350, like, 383, I think. It's like, like Paul that. coming into the studio parking lot sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, just ask the state police. They got Paul clocked. They clock Paul's quarters all the time. I'm hopping <laughs> curbs. And- uh, well, here's some big news in the NFL today, boys. Attorney, 20 of 24 cases against Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson have been settled. This is from Zach Wasink of Yard Barker. It was reported last week that the NFL's Players Association is bracing for a recommendation by the league, unprecedented punishment for Cleveland Browns star quarterback Deshaun Watson, who was at that time facing a minimum of 24 active civil lawsuits regarding allegations of sexual misconduct during massage sessions uh, ahead of the weekend. A different story said that it's believed the NFL will probably look to suspend Watson for one entire season, even though he's repeatedly denied any wrongdoing and had two grand uh, juries decline to indict him. Watson's legal situation changed significantly on the first day of summer. Per Michael David Smith of Pro Football Talk and Sarah Barshop of ESPN, Tony Busby, the attorney representing the 24 women swing Watson, announced today that 20 of his clients have settled. Ashley Solis, the first plaintiff to file a lawsuit against Watson, and three other individuals are moving forward with their with cases of their own as of now. Uh, even if the remaining four cases are settled or thrown out, Watson could be banned from playing for part or all of the upcoming season if the NFL finds he violated the league's personal conduct policy. So, uh, you know, he's still got four pending cases, and we'll see. But at least he got 20 massage therapists off his back. Um, so, hey, uh, gee, well, before we fin- before we continue with sports, but they definitely got into his pocket. Can you no uh, about it? Put up a still shot, G, of that DeSantis thing. Just got a text from uh, Dr. Gary, my chiropractor, who I saw today. He said, "Nice to see Dr. Jill Biden in attendance, back right corner." <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, it could be. So it could very well be. There you go. All right. Well, so what else is going on in sports? Well. Big fight coming up, gentlemen. The Independence reporting. We are making it happen. Jake Paul and Mike Tyson target fight this year. Alex Paddle of the Independent. Jake Paul and Mike Tyson have <laughs> verbally agreed it. to a boxing match with both men saying the fight needs to happen this year. YouTube star Paul has gone 5-0 <laughs> since becoming a professional boxer, knocking out each fighter he has faced, including former UFC champion Tyron Woodley in December. Meanwhile, Tyson still holds the record of being the youngest heavyweight champion in boxing history, the 55 five-year-old retired as a professional in 2005, but has since fought in exhibition bouts most 
recently taken on Roy Jones Jr. in November 2020 when the Americans fought to a split draw. Tyson has now entertained the idea of fighting compatriot Paul, 25 years old, 30 years as a junior, uh, who is due to return to the ring in August to face an as-yet unnamed opponent. That could be very interesting. No one took it really serious, but that could be really interesting, Tyson said on Damon's favorite show, Jimmy Kimmel Live. He's skilled enough, yes. I'm going to give it to him because he's winning. Even if he's fighting guys who you don't believe are good enough fighters, they should be able to beat him, but they can't. So basically, Tyson's trying to you know drum up some pay-per-view revenue there. He probably has a, a mortgage or an ex-wife to pay off, but yeah, you could see that fight happening, but it's going to be an exhibition, and Tyson's going to pull his punches. Well, Mike, uh, let me ask you something, Mike. Do you think you can beat uh, Jake Paul? It's crazy. I don't think so. Very tough <laughs> but uh, listen, hey, Jake Paul, don't underestimate the kid. He's got 70 million followers. So he's quite the social media mogul. Well, they're and, not going to fight with him. Kid, what do you though, mean? Right? Is he, is he a big guy? He, yeah, he's a pretty good. decent yeah. sized guy. Isn't he he's, like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, like 240 pounds? I think, yeah, 6'1", six, 6'2", six, in the upper, two, you know, yeah. in the, a little over 200. He's probably more of a light heavy weight type oh, really? classification. Okay. So but, there's two of them, right? There's two brothers, right? Right. Right. One, mm-hmm. yeah. Are they Jake both and fighters? Logan. Yeah, Logan Paul. They both fight. Yep. Yeah, who's supposed to be fighting Logan Tyson Fury's brother? Yeah. But Logan's Jake, the one who fought Mayweather. Jake Paul's in a bit of a predicament. He's broke. How could he, he be broke? He invested all his money in uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. And <laughs> <laughs> now, I think I it was his brother. Amazing. I think I saw an article where his brother was laughing at him, going, "Yeah, he's broke." So you know, I think he's going to probably try and fight every week. He's not going to fight every week. I, I'm going to tell you He's right now. Broke. If, the, if you can make money at this, I'm going to challenge Joy Behar to a fight <laughs> on pay-per-view. I'd like to see yeah. that. You know I what? Would... Can, can we tag team? I'll take on uh, She I'll has take more on hair on her back ball than you do, so I don't know. You may be in a fight. You may be in a bad spot. Rick, you get, you get Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, I'll get Whoopi. And we'll, uh, we'll have a tag team. Yeah. Does but this they, mean they, Eric they, Adams they, is broke, too? Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. He took his first three payments in Bitcoin. It's the only like thing about Usos. the guy I think he's done right. Yep, and so, that's a that's so a champ. Sports. One more time, champ. You don't you you think you can beat Logan Paul? <laughs> I'll take him on. I'll take him on. I'll be. I'll punch him his head and I'll get him. Okay, yeah, very good. All right, Mike Tyson here on the <laughs> live from Mickey Studio Mouse. 6B. Uh, let's do some news. Thanks, oh, champ. Boy. <laughs> He's going to come after me now. Great. No, not at all. You'd be like Eddie Murphy running from Michael Jackson back I like in the day. Skits. I like the idea of you doing skits as Mike Tyson. Yeah. We've got to get a good writer here to write skits for you to do as uh, Mike Tyson. So, All right, let's do some news and hear what the news. Sports was brought to you, by the way, uh, MyPillow, mypillow.com slash LFS6B. Let's do a little quick news here with Paul Nolan brought to you by Seven Cells. What's going on? So we'll keep it light in the uh, in the department of wokeness. Uh, comedian Dave Chappelle decided that he would leave his name off a theater at his high school in order to avoid offending anyone after some liberal students protested against him. Chappelle made the announcement on Monday at the naming ceremony of Duke Ellington High School of the Arts, his alma mater. Uh, Chappelle donated money to help raise money for the new theater, uh, for the school that he says was pivotal in his development as an iconic comedian. The school responded by saying it would... Uh, named the theater after Chappelle. The honor was soured when some students of the school protested against the decision based on the controversy surrounding jokes he'd made and offended people uh, about transgender and the LGBT communities. Chappelle addressed those protests on Monday when he announced the decision. Um, you know, he, he just simply said, uh, um, 
when you uh, when you say I, I can't say something, it's more urgent for me to say it. Uh, it has nothing to do with what you're saying I can't say. It has everything to do with my freedom of artistic expression, uh, Chappelle had argued. So, but he took his name off it, and uh, the woke students got their way. So uh, I guess good for them. Okay. Is that it? Yeah, we're at a break. Oh, we got to go to break. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. More to do? Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Coming up, Paul. Right, I'll, I'll start with that story. I'll lead in with it. Because, uh... get vaccinated <laughs> my fellow americans is the most patriotic thing you can do but it's a patriotic thing to do this isn't a political statement like those ugly folks over there beeping the horns this is a patriotic duty for god's sake for god's sake it's a patriotic duty for god's sake and for God's sake, wear your mask. This is a patriotic act. A patriotic thing to do. It's a patriotic duty for God's sake. It's a patriotic responsibility for God's sake. It's a patriotic duty. Again, patriotic duty. It's patriotic duty for God's sake. It's about patriotism. You did what I consider to be your patriotic duty. But what a stupid, stupid thing for it to happen. Not very American. The fact is, you want to be patriotic, you're going to protect people. It's about being patriotic. It is deplorable. It is so unpatriotic. But the most un-American thing that any of us can imagine, the most undemocratic and the most unpatriotic, and yet sadly not unprecedented, time and again we've witnessed threats to the right to vote. This he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly it. what. Is this that's where exactly you're going? This is going. where he's going. The laptop that, right. is Russia, yeah. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia. I want to. Hi, live from Studio Six B on a Tuesday night. Joe Biden is America last. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's get to a couple things here before we try to get some more news squeezed in here. Um, cut five was an interesting one today. Some would say a slip. Some would just say he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Roll that, G. Uh, Confident, you have, I know you're looking for more money from Congress for the, this vaccine campaign and for, for COVID funding going into the fall. Uh, how much of the supply of vaccines for these small children uh, is there and, and how many of the nation's kids will you be able to get vaccinated before you need more money uh, from Congress? Well, we'll get through at least this year. We, we do need more money, but we don't just need more money for vaccines for children eventually. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. There's going to be another pandemic. We have to think ahead. And that's not something the last outfit did very well. That's something we've been doing for fairly well. That's why we need the money. <laughs> As Geo points out in my head, the girl behind them was like, huh? 
What did Pops like, just say? What did he just say? It'd be really funny if she started to like, you know, all of a sudden she starts scooching away like. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be nothing. So. What are we going to call it? Uh, COVID-21. <laughs> what are we going to call it? What do you think of that, Paul? <sighs> I told you it's coming. <laughs> He's telling you it's coming. Yeah. Rick, any stock thoughts? up on, yeah. you know, get a water filtration system in your house. Delgado, your thoughts. This is just my opinion. It has nothing to do with anyone on the show or this network. Um, they're just going to repackage another flu and say, hey, we're going to call it this. Scare everybody by giving it a scarier name than COVID-19. Notice, you know, what what yearly thing is going to disappear oh look nobody's nobody's coming down with uh, hay fever so so uh, uh, come on stop no, nobody got the flu after covid came out right the flu disappeared yep all they did was take a flu the new variant that comes every year because they give you the shot every year my mom goes and gets the shot from cvs every year for the flu she didn't go get the flu shot this time because they repackaged it and called it something else here you go Four times as much for it. Right. Okay. And again, that's just my opinion. I'm no doctor. I just play one not on TV like not? Bill Gates. Right. Uh, a couple other things that I thought were interesting today. This is a good one. Cut four, G. Let's go into the press briefing room for the genius that is <laughs> Corinne Jean-Pierre. Now, this is, a, this is an interesting take on why we need to get our kids vaccinated. Roll that. Um, AAA was out with a report today saying that there's going to be a record number of people uh, driving for the 4th of July holiday. Um, and I'm wondering what that tells you about um, whether inflation is, in fact, the top concern for, um, for the American people um, and, and whether there's a role for conservation to play given um, the extreme demands on energy supplies right now. Well, say, say a little bit more. You're, uh, you're saying... Well, uh, Americans are, are happy she wasn't to, paying attention. to, um, to, oh. to go out oh, I see and just to pay as much money as gas costs to go on vacation and do all of the things that so they would normally do. Yeah, just hold so I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I don't know what network he's from. But that might be the dumbest question I think I've ever heard asked in the press briefing room. It's the 4th of July weekend. What does he think everyone's going to do? Shelter down and go under the kitchen table? Of course demand is high right now. This is the highest, I think, demand we've had in this week. Or the, I, I heard something. The demand right now is higher than it's been in the last, like, two years. And people have to, I mean, people have to, you know, go where they have to go and do what they have to do. And paying for gas is taken away from paying from other things. That's the point, dummy. What's he think everyone's going to do? Just sit home? Let's hear her answer. So how do you, how do you, what do you think about that? And, and do you think it's appropriate given the, the constraints on energy supplies globally? Right I mean, now? look, Americans are going to do uh, what they feel is right for themselves and for the family, for their family. That's not something for us to make a judgment on. I think what we're seeing right now is, uh, you know, we've been in a pandemic for some time. Uh, and I think, and I think Americans are feeling as if this summer it's time to get out and go visit families. And, uh, and, and I think that's a reaction that we're seeing there. But I have to say a lot of that is, is thankful to 
uh, the president and the work that he has done to make sure that more than 220 million people get are fully vaccinated. That matters. Today he's going to visit uh, a COVID health center where uh, our, where we are going to be uh, able to vaccinate uh, our youngest among us, uh, which is the zero to five. That's about 18 million uh, young people, which is uh, a lot of that work is due because of what the president has been able to do and the American Rescue Plan and the, strat the vaccination strategy that he put uh, that he put forward the, the moment that he walked into this administration. Look, I, it's not it's not for me uh, to say what Americans can do or can't do, but I do think uh, this is kind of the kind of the, the pendulum swinging as we are, are, are as we are more people are vaccinated and more folks are are feeling more comfortable and more safe to get out there. Oh. So get your kids vaccinated so you feel safe to travel. In other words, Paul. It's, uh, you know, anybody who can't see what this is, they cannot see that these are just pitch men for the, for the pharmaceutical industry. If they cannot see that there's an absolute unholy alliance between government and major, massive, multinational, monolithic corporations with no liability for what they inject in you, but they get paid no matter what, you're stupid and you deserve what you get. Uh, cut 11. One more as it relates to gas prices. You might have an interest in this. Roll that, G. What happens when important emergency services that are already spread thin from a couple years of the pandemic can't even afford to fill up their tanks? It's becoming a bigger problem in some parts of the country, forcing some fire departments and EMS services to limit the kinds of calls they can respond to. The high cost of fuel isn't just making your commute more expensive. It's also forcing emergency responders in smaller communities to cut costs. For some, it means not responding to non-emergency calls. For others, cutting back on patrols, building inspections, and training courses for staff. Today, the average cost of a gallon of regular gas in the U.S. at a whopping $5. That price tag expected to climb further in the summer months. The surge impacting larger emergency response departments, too, but not in the same way. I spoke with departments across the country who told me they're already having to or will have to make big sacrifices to offset the cost of gas. We've never seen costs like this uh, since I've been sheriff. We're at 100% usage of our allotted fuel budget for this budget year already. I'm worried about the state of emergency uh, response agencies throughout the nation. One of the things we're doing today is we call it No Drive Friday. So the crews aren't really allowed to leave the station unless it's an emergency. Um, we're also trying to reduce the number of vehicles that we send on an emergency response. Decreased spending purchasing new equipment or possibly uh, some of our maintenance items for the year. Those pre-disaster or pre-emergency activities that are labeled as non-emergency. We're predicting a minimum of an 800000 to $1 million countywide uh, fleet vehicle increase in the fuel costs. And that cost is going to be astronomical. <sighs> We don't think of it like that. Well, the mayor of Houston had it right, G, right? This is the time to yeah, really chill. have to implore his strategy onto the criminals in the, around the yep. country. Just chill. chill. Because yeah. we don't have enough gas to get emergency services and, and things around. If you're going to pull a caper, pull it on a Friday, so there won't be a high-speed police chase as you leave the scene of the crime. And try and set it up where you know maybe some of your friends are committing crime. So you're on the same general area, and they don't have to go across town. They can just kind of focus on one spot. Or, better yet, if you're going to commit a caper on, let's say, Main Street, your friend is going to do it on Elm Street, maybe you guys could work at a carpool. There you go. Where you commit your crime and you swing around, pick him up on the way of committing his crime, we could save fuel for everyone. Okay, there you go.
Well, gee, Paul seems a little out of sorts, seems a little angry with the, you know, you deserve what you get thing. So let's let's make him feel better. He wasn't here yesterday. I want to raise his spirits. This was from yesterday's show, Paul. Um, the vice president was being interviewed on MSNBC about the Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson. And I want you to just enjoy the... Eloquence? Well, how would you put this, Rick? The yeah. exhibit here... Yeah. And the eloquence of her word, her use of the English language. Yes, uh, like a torrent. Yes. Uh, 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 of rudlets of, of water just bathing you. Roll that, G. We all sat and watched the Kataji Brown-Jackson uh, hearings uh, in which she very calmly um, sat through what yeah. I think a lot of, particularly black women, let's just be honest, felt was brazen disrespect from senators <laughs> like Lindsey Graham, senators like Tom Cotton, senators like Josh Hawley. Yeah. What did you think when you watched that hearing? What did you think when you watched it? I will tell you, Joy, I experienced great joy mm. when I watched this brilliant, phenomenal black woman, jurist, be so smart and just cut through the political gamesmanship that they were attempting to incite. And she just was composed. And as far as I'm concerned, was taking a whole lot of people to school. And I watched that with incredible joy. Because it was just brilliant. Being displayed for the entire country to see. There you have it. Isn't that great? Okay, Paul. Now. Oh my God! That is next what level. A wordsmith. Yes. That is next. <laughs> That's the same word I used last night. To next level it. delivery. Honestly, like sometimes I hear this and I think Obama had a certain cadence yeah. to his answers. Yeah. You know, yep. he was uh, he was every, everybody had a certain statesman. All brilliant speakers have a certain cadence to their deliveries when they yeah. speak in public. Boy, have boy. you ever heard a cadence uh, like that? Phenomenal. Uh, um, well, let me yeah. actually let me ask it to you again. Have you ever heard a cadence like that? Yeah, actually, <laughs> that laugh. I think it's when I, I saw Captain Kirk on um, <laughs> doing a rainstorm on my direct TV and it kept cutting him out. I think there is much trouble on the way. I joy. <laughs> That was crazy. Found joy. <laughs> wow. 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 Those, the, wow. Those, are, those are rivulets of thought cascading into a waterfall. from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. Let's do some sports. Before we wrap it up, we'll do a little more news. 
Here with sports is Slick Rick. Rick uh, Amirati, what's going on, Slick Rick? A big day update on the uh, College World Series. Arkansas is leading 9-1 to one over Auburn in the bottom of the seventh. Auburn with just three hits in the game. Looks like Arkansas may pull away with that one. And uh, we'll see. They'll take on Ole Miss uh, in the uh, Final Four. And Oklahoma is awaiting the winner of tomorrow's Notre Dame-Texas A&M game. Uh, that's at 2 p.m. first pitch. And uh, we'll report on that tomorrow night. Uh, and the, the NHL, the rewards tonight in Tampa. Uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews has won the Hart Trophy as MVP. He led the NHL in scoring for the second straight season, had 60 goals for the Maple Leafs. So congratulations to Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And just one more story, UFC, I didn't get the report on last night. Josh Emmett edges past Calvin Katar, demands shot at UFC title fight. This is Brett Akamato of ESPN. Josh Emmett's case for a UFC uh, featherweight title Shot got a lot stronger on Saturday as he picked up a split decision over Calvin Katar in the main event of UFC Fight Night in Austin, Texas. Emmett 18-2, attacked Katar 23-6 with winging right hands and body shots over the course of a back-and-forth five-round fight. I actually saw that fight. All three judges' scorecards were close. Two officials awarded the 145-pound fight, 48-47 to Emmett, who went in as the betting underdog, a third sword, 48-47 for Katar. And, uh, boy, they were both pretty well-bloodied, but that was a great fight. And uh, Emmett has won Five in a row. Only uh, Volkanovski uh, and Arnold Allen and Bryce Mitchell have uh, longer active winning streaks in the division. So I just want to keep everybody up to date with UFC. Big D. And that's a wrap in sports tonight. Back to you. Okay, Slick Rick, thanks. Uh, Daniel Horowitz tweets tonight, COVID fascism, Pfizer injecting babies now, arresting our political enemies, border, crime, inflation, energy destruction, Ukraine sellout, transhumanism, grooming. None of this exists to the GOP. They operate solely within the issues and premises of the left. They hate you. So. Um, That's pretty, I, that pretty much nails it. Yeah. Uh, Mo Brooks got smoked tonight by Katie Britt. And Vernon Jones got smoked tonight. So that's the update on the, um, the two races that most people had an interest in. Uh, what else is going on in the news, Paul? Well, I'm just going to hit, a, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier about, um, you know, fertility rates, but there's a Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine impacts semen, according to a study. Um, it leads to lower levels of semen, according uh, to uh, researchers that analyzed 220 samples of semen from three sperm banks in Israel, drawn from men who had received two doses of the vaccine. The semen collection was scheduled seven days after receipt of the second dose. Uh, research uh, led by Dr. Atai Gott of the Sperm Bank and Andrology Unit at Shamir Medical Center and Tel Aviv University Sackler Medical School found that there was a decrease in sperm concentration between 75 and 120 days post-vaccination. The, the decrease led to the reduction of the motile count or the number of sperm. Uh, the follow-up testing completed over 150 days after vaccinations uh, revealed overall recovery, which semen volume and sperm motility returning to normal levels, according to researchers. Um, uh, Pfizer uh, didn't respond to the request, but it's definitely interesting that they're seeing such a long-term impact. But the good news is there is recovery. And I think we have talked about, um, you know, overall, there's so many, you know, I think we could all agree there's just so many chemicals in the system, and you know, in the water and so much pharmaceuticals in the water system. Uh, we are at an all-time low of uh, reproductive rate, so there's yeah. something to keep an eye on. A new footage from Ben Burkwam came in from the border. Gee, if we have that, let's roll it. 
We're back down in Douglas, Arizona. This is the spot where every single night, Border Patrol is telling us that they're getting hit with 200 to 1,000 people crossing the wall behind us. We've already seen some of the action on the west side of the port of entry as groups of 10, 12, sometimes one, two at a time. They throw ladders up against the wall, they climb over and then they run into the brush trying to get away. Over here, they say that if this, this area gets hit, it's usually groups of 30, 40, 50, 100 plus. And that what they'll do is they'll come up, send a small group in one area, send the ladders up. And then as Border Patrol's dealing with that, then further up the line, they'll send more. Uh, this is all controlled by the cartels. They're making millions of dollars because of the open borders leftist policies, because of Joe Biden's policies, because of the, the invasion that he has invited into our country. The fake asylum, the NGOs that are profiting off this, it's all connected. And it's towns like Douglas, Arizona that are having to pay the price. And every other town, every town in America has become a border town because they don't just stay here. As soon as they come in, we're talking millions of people in the last two years. They go everywhere. And now you're having to pay for it. The rapes, the murders, the crimes, the deaths, everything else that's coming along with this. They need to be held accountable. We're here to show you what's actually happening. units and dogs out searching the brush area. It's just incredible. Like, you know, you see the disbursement mm. of these people all over the place and, and some it just of becomes the, uh, such a burden to the taxpayer. See some of the drone footage they have out with the nighttime uh, scopes on them so you can see in the dark. Crazy. You know, when you compare, like, you know, when people of Europe were coming here and Ellis Island was at full capacity, you know, people came over here with the hope to work, to create a life for themselves. To assimilate, yeah. You know, you know they would learn the language. They would, you know, they would understand the Constitution. They took a course. They worked for their citizenship, and they were proud to call themselves Americans. And the, we're going to follow this guy. It just it seems like they come with... No intention of like, there's no plan for them, and it's you feel bad for these people because they're escaping something worse. But this is just this is just trying to get as many voters as they can for their base. It's just it's like it's just sick. So what they do is they, they jump the fence over here. Hey, 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 hey. Unbelievable, guys. So this is the crew right there. These border patrol agents must have the. Uh... I mean, how demoralizing could this be? It's like it feels. It's got to feel like you're trying to, you know. Stop a running river with yeah. no uh, yeah. coming at you. Are they all Mexican nationals? Yeah, I think so. This is what the cartels are doing on our border every night. It's 3.30 in the morning, 
We're down here in Douglas, Arizona. Been following Border Patrol all night long. These guys are chasing illegal aliens. You've got scouts on the Mexico side driving back and forth, seeing where Border Patrol's at at any point in time. You've got ladder crews. We actually filmed them running the ladders back. They're actually trying to hide, laying down on the road and, and spotted them and they go running off. They get into a vehicle, drive down to another spot, load the ladders up, get the, the illegals that they've had stashed in some of the stash houses here, bring them over, send a, a group on a, you know half a mile down the road, Border Patrol all moves to that point. Then they come back 50 yards, 100 yards, two miles down the road, throw another group over, and it's just like this all night long. We saw vehicle after vehicle after vehicle loading up with illegals. These are all former deportees, criminal aliens, uh, mostly Mexican nationals or that have bad criminal histories. These are the, the people that we don't want in our country. This is the destruction, the death of our country if we don't stop it. And it's, it's all because of the policies of Washington, D.C. Can't say enough for Ben Berkwam and what the work he's been doing. You're just not seeing that anywhere else. You're not seeing that anywhere else. All right, as always, we salute our military active and active, firefighters, first responders, EMS, of course, Border Patrol. Uh, thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 8 p.m., right here, live from Studio 6B.